I told you about the Gros Histalkos. The last thing we touched on was the Histalkos of the Vilna God. He passed by Chalamaitzukas. I think his yard site is Yudchas or Yates Tishrei. Tov Kuf Nun Ches. Now, how old was the Vilna God when he passed away? I mean, I'm sure that this is known. I mean, I, I never read a biography of the Gros. In the Sefer Azacharenis, it says that he was either born Tov Pehei or Tov Pei, which would be. 1720 or 1725. The Haste, the Altarebbe, was born 1745. The Vilna Gon was either 20 or 25 years Let's just say, weren't particularly saddened by the Estalkas of the Gro. There was violence as a result, severe violence. Daltrebbe wrote a letter, which was printed, in which he speaks. I told you this, Daltrebbe used to call the Gro Hagon HaChosid. That's the official title. In all Daltrebbe's writings, he mentions the Vilna Gon, he calls Magon HaChosid. When the Gro passed away, he calls Hagon HaChosid HaManeach. Shalei Ledaber Achim Itasei Shalagon HaChosid HaManeach. Daltrebbe had Glal Kedel Cheretzfem. Chachafilu, who passed away. Who's resting? Hamanayach, who passed away. The Misnagdash Machlekes with Hasidim took on whole new proportions after the Vilagon passed away. Again, nobody can tell you this for sure, but I think it's quite reasonable that the Gra would not have allowed an arrest to take place, although it's very, very hard to know. In Vilna itself, there were Mercedes and counter Mercedes. It was not a comfortable situation. The way the story was always told to me was that, forget, I think even in Beis Rebbe, the Vilna Gaon's passing resulted in a worsening of the Machlaikas. Now you must understand the history of this Machlaikas. This Machlaikas at this point was over 50 years old. In other words, it goes back to the times of the Baal Shem Tev. During the times of the Baal Shem Tev, it was very, much, much more civil. There was much more derechet. By the Magid, it got worse. After the Maise of Tovkuf Lamid, it became war. Tovkuf Lamid, I told you the story, this Chosid came into Shklov and he spoke about the Gro. <coughs> um, there were several Haramis. They would actually kill Chasidim. Pasha Kipshute in a few places. They pushed murdered Chasidim Kipshute uh, more than once. Shklov was, Shklov was second to Vilna. There was Vilna, there was Shklov. Then you had Minsk and you had Pinsk, but Shklov was Irem Yisrael, a lot of great Gedele Yisrael. And Bedanach Cloud, were Mestanyam. By the way, in Vilna, Dr. Rebbe had an incredible following with Chasidim. You have to understand, wherever there was Lambdas, there were also Chesidim. Who was drawn to the Alter Rebbe? Not Pashatayim. Big Lambda, big Oinim. So Vilna was a city full of Hisnagas, but there was a very, very strong presence of Chesidim. And the same is true in Shklov, the same is true in other places. My understanding is that as the Machlekes wore on, the Eidela people, who were Kavana was Hashem Shamayim, became less and less involved because they realized you know, they don't understand Chesidim, maybe they don't agree with Chesidim, but Chesidim are El Chayid. You know the famous story about this. Miss Nagid, who t- tells his father or his Ashishiva that Chassidim are terrible people, he says, Why? They don't wear film? He says, No, no, they wear two pissed film. He says, They don't need kosher. He says, No, they don't need glad kosher. Every, she says, I don't understand. It's the Chayid. No, they're no good. Towards the end of Namachlaikis, it seems to me, it became less and less Hashem Shemayim and more and more politics. There was always a Hashem Shemayim element, there was always a political element. Miss Nagid were afraid of Chassidim. They felt Chassidim were doing things which were against. Halacha and certainly against the spirit of Allah. I mean, we've talked about all of these things, you know. Chassidim changed the kinds of things that Misnagdim could not suffer. 
and uh, what's the biggest thing that Misnagdim couldn't tolerate from Hasidim? I think it was covered atera. I, I think that what bothered them most was that they saw the Hanhog of Hasidim as a bizarre to cover Tera. In other words, this was a world where Tera was everything, Abamamish everything. Uh, people were Mason Efshot Tera, people sat and learned their entire lives. It, it was a perfectly normal thing for a man to sit and learn never to work a day in his life, in his life and to be supported by his wife, not for five years, but for ten years. Kol Yomov. And the purpose of this limit of Tera, they were not becoming Rabbonim, they were not becoming Rashi Yeshivas, they were not becoming, they were Pashat Tera, Lashem Tera. And, um, there were all kinds of things built into this culture. For example, the separation between the classes. Atamat Chacham didn't talk to Apashat Yid. Apashat Yid were less. <coughs> Along came Chesidim, raised up the Ish Pashat, and in certain ways brought out a my love and Ish Pashat over Atamat Chacham. It really bothered the Misnagim. And the Nacht the Simcha. Atamat Chacham has to respect himself because he's respecting the Teda. And respecting the Teda is a certain. Uh, dignity, and here comes Chassidim. You know, they describe in the in the if, 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 if you ever see, there's a sefer called Chassidim on Misnagdim. I have it, which is all the published material for the Tkuf of the Machlekes. Anything that was printed then, it's 85 or 90 percent from the Misnagdim and five or 10 percent from the Chassidim, because Chassidim didn't. Misnagdim wrote whole books condemning Chassidim, and if, if you want to appreciate what was going on and what the Misnagdim, one of the things they write in the sefer is some. They put their head on the ground, their feet near, which is called Kulenzech. This bothered them. It bothered them because to them this was a lack of dignity. And that Bente doesn't behave like this. And there were many other things. The fact that they went from Ashkenaz, you know, the Misnagdim, just like I told you, the Svadim are proud, Misnagdim were also, Ashkenaz were very proud. Along comes a movement of Ashkenazim and Rahman al Islam. Not they're changing Nusachat Filah. They're changing Nusachatfila <coughs> to be like Svar Rahman al Islam. You understand? We, because of Kabbalah Pashat. We do things like Kabbalah. And by the Svar, there was under the So there were all kinds of reasons why they objected. There was the issue of Tzimtzum. We talked about this also. The Tzimtzum Kipshute, Tzimtzum Shalai Kipshute. There were many, many big, deep theological arguments. And then there was Pashat politics, Sinus Yisrael, jealousies. Um, I, I'm not so up to date on this. And, and I really. Don't consider myself deficient from a lack of up-to-dateness. Shia Munchen wrote a whole thing called Vilna Kirya Nehmona, with a question mark. He tells all the politics of Vilna. I never read it. I know, but it says, from people who told me I never read it. But he, he describes that there was a lot of issues. It had nothing to do with Yiddish guy. It had to do with power. It had to do with money. It had to do with infighting amongst the Misnagdim themselves. The bottom line is, there's no question that as Machlekes were on, the people who were Edelet, who were Lashem Shemayim, you know, the Tznuim, and it became more and more a political war. Uh, the name that we all know is Avigdir. This is the same Avigdir we talked about a while back, who threw the Badish of Irav out of Pinsk and took his Rabbanas. He was involved in Alter Rebbe's arrest. But, as I explained to you last time, he was not involved in the first arrest. He was involved in the second arrest. When Alter Rebbe was arrested the first time, it was based on a Mesida. On a, on a, a Mesida means a libel, on an informant, whose name was Hirsch ben Baruch, Hirsch Baruchovich. nobody knows who Hirsch Baruchovich is. When the Al-Tareb was in jail, they asked him, who's Hirsch ben Baruch, who is he? Who, who, who mastered on you? And I said, I don't know. And al Rebbe lists a bunch of Hirsches that he knew and a bunch of ben Baruchs that he knew, but not a single Hirsch ben Baruch. Um, like I said to you before, we know this now from the documents. The Russian government kept every piece of paper from the Al-Tareb's file. And about 25 years ago, less a little, 
uh, it was found, and they allowed us to make copies. The originals are still sitting in the archives of Russia, but copies were allowed to take, and they printed in Kerem Chabad, and now it's in Alt-Rabbi Zigris Kedesh, um, that on, in Tovkuf Nun Ches, that means 1798, two letters were sent from Vilna by a name, man named Hirfim Baruch, condemning Hasidim. Um, I don't even know what his issues were. I'm sure one of the issues was money. The way they were handling money, they were taking money, face was. Who is Hirsch Ben Baruch Vesmanish? Kane Vesmanish is Hirsch Ben Baruch. There's a difference, no. No, but the point is, did it come from, was it organized? Did it come from the Misnagdim who used a fictitious name? Or was it Pashat Minasham? The whole thing was based on, on Allah Nidaf, on a, on a leaf blowing on. Could the Misnagdim have created a fictitious personality Hirsch Ben Baruch because they didn't want it to come officially from them and have the Altareb arrested on that basis and so on? It's an unknown. It's, it's, it's simply impossible to verify this. Um, I will tell you one thing, Derech Agav, and I don't know how important this Derech Agav is as a historical detail, not as a Teichniyazdik detail, is that there was a man named the Volfa, Harav Mi Volfa. I, I saw stuff from Harav Mi Volfa in some sefer. Harav Mi Volfa was very, very great. He was a very, very big person. And he became very, he was a Talmud of the Magid. He became very, very embittered with Hasidim. And uh, the reason he became embittered with Hasidim was because he wanted them to give him money and there was no money to give him. He came to Karlin and um, in Karlin you had Reb Ara Karlin and Reb Shlema Karlin and these were the rabbis of Karlin and he wanted they should give him cover, they should give him money and they didn't want. So he said to them, if you are not going to give me what I want, I'm going to go to Vilna and I'm going to Masa. I'm going to go to Vilna and I'm going to Masa. Says, what can we do? Is there a gang in the Vilna Gemaset? When the Alter Rebbe was in jail, they asked him, his cross exam, the Goyim asked him, what do you know about the Rav Mivolpa? And he said that he came and he blackmailed us. He didn't use that word, but that was the Teichen. We didn't help him. He went to Vilna Gemaset, and the Vilna Echet didn't help him. He was never destroyed in the Shama. There's a story about Rav Mivolpa. I believe I told you the story in the past. But when he was by the Magid, he was considered Mamish Megdele Talmidia Magid, from the greatest of Talmidia Magid. Akedekach, that it's brought, I don't know if it's brought from the Sikhs, but it's brought from Chsidim, where the Mazitia Magid used to take Tayra, his Talmidim couldn't take it. Some would chalash, some would vomit. The, it, to hear a Tayra from the beginning to the end was not Shaykh. The Baditcha Verov would hear the Magid coming. The, the Magid walked on, on crutches, he, he uh, was a cripple. But they didn't have rubber. Yes, they made a lot of noise. You heard him coming. But the Bidich of Rav heard the Magid coming with his kabayim, with his crutches. See this? He would start to jump and scream. They would push it, tie him up and carry him out. He couldn't hear a teda, the srakshas of the anticipation. The Alter Rebbe used to say about himself, that when the Magid said a teda, he said two things about himself. Number one, that it says in Chazal, it takes 40 years to be reached as Rabbi. Quote, said, I reached us, Rabbi. Baby, in the very day he heard the Tatas of the guy And the second thing he said was that when he would hear Tatar from the things were very, very bad. How bad were his accommodations? The the house didn't have a good chimney. So when they had to put the heat on in the house, the whole house was full of smoke. So everyone was sat on the floor. So the Tamidia Magid came to Fabreng with him, but sat with him on the floor. <laughs> and it was embarrassing. He said, If I would have a few more rubles a week, I would have a, a nicer, have a nicer hotel, a nicer accommodation. 
how this was repeated to the Maggid, I don't know. But the Mazitcha Maggid heard that quote. And the Maggid said, That was the expression. A worm is eating inside of him. In other words, the Maggid felt that this was a chasadun in a mune by a tamad of the Maggid, which was not Madre And the Shavs, what was the Avla? Was it the fact that he said, Ich, I, or the fact that he said, Hoban, that he wanted? The bottom line is, he, he became a shikir, not all a shikir. He was one of the great media Maggid. He became a drunk. But it's not the Pshat that became a drunk and he was no longer a Rav Mivopa. He was a Rav Mivopa, who was also a Shikir. It says, his godless and Tate and Chesidus never left, but he pushed became an unstable human being. And this Kamas Tipurim about this Rav Mivopa, one of them is that when he was in Vilna, the Baruch Mabreski was in a Nachsanya, was in a hotel, and he sees a Shikir laying on a bench, muttering, Pnimis HaTeyden, Chesidus. And he went over and he listened, and he realized this has to be a Rav Mivopa because people knew about him. So he asked the hotel owner which is his room. So he told him. So he went into the Rav Mivopa's room <coughs> and he started to rummage through his bags. He wanted to find Yeshriben Chesidus if he had by him written Chesidus. Rav Mivopa staggered into his room. He was obviously margish that someone was touching his things. He says, what are you doing here? I'm not a Ganav. So he tells him, nobody in Vilna knows this but I'm a Talmud of the Litvak, a I'm a Chassid in other words. And I'm look, wondering to know if you have uh, Ksavim. So he says that he said, Rebbe. He said to him, He said to him, Ah, today's Chsidim, he says. He's looking for a Ksav. He says, By us, the Rebbe and the Torah, and we were one and the same. Who needed a Ksav? There's no need to write it down. You have to write down your name. You know? He says, Today, the Chassid and the Rebbe, the Chsidim, says three things. Everything has to be written down. This was his Derher. And the other story which is brought is that he actually came to Lajna. And he walked into the Bismedish, and the, the Alter Rebbe was saying Chesidus. And he stood and he listened. And then he muttered to himself, he said to himself, We all ate out of one pot. And Eretz Suginam, when he took away the Ganze Gedichte, there's different Girses. He took all the best. So there was a Chosid standing near him. And he hears this elderly Jew make such a comment. So he understood that this has to be him. So he became torn. Tzadachat al Rebbe is saying chesidus. He's going to walk out in the middle. Tzadashayni developer walked out. So he couldn't decide whether he should wait till the end of the Maimir or he should follow him. So he was machlet, he'll wait till the end of the Maimir. Anyway, he never found him. But he told us that al Rebbe, al Rebbe was upset. And al Rebbe said, it's a shod. Because if you had brought him to me, al Rebbe said he could have healed him. He could have been misakin him. But I think... That Rami Volpe is a Rangimish somehow in the Pasha of the Maish and the Gula. I don't know exactly how, but like I said to you earlier, in the Altarebbe's own cross examination, they asked him, What is about Rami Volpe? Because Rami Volpe was, so to speak, the one who jumped ship. He was from the Gdeli, Tafidian Maggid. It wasn't a Chos, it was a Rebbe who went to the Misnagdim. So the government wanted to know what he knows about this person who abandoned the Derech HaChasidah, so to speak. And Altarebbe told him the story that I told you before. That he wanted money and he came to Stalin to Kalin, they didn't give him, and he said he's going to go to Vilna and Masid. He went to Vilna, the Vilna didn't help him either. That's what's written. So the bottom line is we don't know why the Altareb was arrested the first time. Was it from the Misnagdim? It's hard to know. I mean, the second time when the Misnagdim had Altareb arrested, they didn't make a secret of it. It was official, you understand. The the story was that these letters were written in the early summer, in the spring. Shavuos time. One of the letters is dated on Shavuos itself. And the letter was sent to one 
uh, officer of the government who passed it on to another officer of the government who passed it on to another government till the king of Russia, the Tsar himself. The Tsar got this note and in the note he, he implicated, he condemned Al-Tarebbe but also many of the followers of Al-Tarebbe in Vilna and in Shklov. So the king sent an order that they should find out about this new movement. The king didn't know yet which is hard for me to imagine but they give us the Metzies and they went back down the whole chain of command and that's what's interesting you see all the letters going up all the letters coming back and uh, they did some uh, exa- research and they discovered that there is this, u- this unique group and they called themselves Chesidim the, the Russians didn't pronounce the word Chesidim correctly they had a, a mispronunciation the Mesnagdim used to call us Karlinim I told this to you already they called them Karlinim and finally an order came that they should arrest a whole bunch of people the Alter Rebbe and many of his Chassidim. Along with Alter Rebbe, they arrested one or two other Chassidish Rebbes. Chaim Chaikal Mayam Dura had already passed away, but I think his son was arrested. Same Alter Rebbe was arrested. There were several others who were arrested together with Alter Rebbe. And the instructions were that Alter Rebbe should be brought to Peterburg. The others should be arrested. And the, the orders changed. The order was to bring them to Peterburg. Then the order was stop and wait, stay. So some of them were arrested and held in Vilna. Some were arrested and held in Shklov. Some were arrested, moved partially to Petersburg, and then kept wherever it was until they would be able to resolve the whole situation. Al-Tarebbe came to Petersburg. Al-Tarebbe was in Petersburg from after Simchas Teda till uh, Yutus Kislev. When Al-Tarebbe was released from prison, orders came that all the Hasidim, wherever they were, should also be released. So as the story goes, that it was Chalamet, Sukkot, Topkuf, Nantes. Okay, let me give you a Hagdom. <laughs> the following story is negated to the arrest, but nobody knows why and how. This is a story which is the Rebbe's Rishimis. This is a story the Fidi Kebbe told the Rebbe. It's MSMIs. Zichar MSMIs, in other words. That Rabbi Shmuel Munkis was a very big chassid. He was a Meredik Bama And near where he lived, there were two Goyim, Mechashim, two Goyim, Galochim, who had spiritual powers of Tumah. And they used to hurt Jews. And they found out that the head of the Jewish community, the, in other words, the Keach Ruchni, was the Bishmur Munkis. And they challenged him to, a, to the equivalent of a debate, to a, uh, a demonstration in public. And they agreed to meet in a public place where Yidin and Goy would both be comfortable. So they chose an Achsanya, a hotel. I can't imagine what kind of hotel it was, but whatever it was, a place where people frequented, like a tavern. So Goyim and Yidin were all comfortable. Nobody felt like it was on the enemy's turf. And they met together. And these two Goyim said to Shmuel Munkis, we're two, and you're one, so you go first. And do something, and we'll try to be your kayak. So Shmuel Munkis said, no, 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 you go first, I'll be Mvatli Yokayach. So they were very surprised. And he said, Shmuel Munkis, you're not afraid? He says, no, I'm not afraid, go ahead. So they took a glass of water, they started saying incantation, they started saying uh, Tumor words, and the water started to become putrid. The water pushed started to become, change colors, and start to stink, until it pushed smelled like death. Like, like meath itself. Putrid and stenchy, was disgusting. And they told Shmuel Munkas you should drink it. Understand, this was plain water, and they said words, and it changed. You know, Amistama, you guys are aware of this. One of the famous Machlaikis in Yishayim is whether there's any mamoshes, 
to these in Yonim. The Ramban says that there is, and the Ramos has self-babamaisis. The whole thing is a chizis, a naim. It's all hypnosis, it has no matthias, and so on. And there's ways of resolving the machlekes hashenim as well. But not again now. So Shlomukis made a bracha shakaliyah bedvare, and he drank the whole cup. And they waited for him to blow up. <laughs> he drank death. As the ganz they were very, very shocked. And then Shlomukis took a bottle of zechinites, can't be it. He filled up two glasses, says drink it. He didn't say any incantations. He didn't do anything. Just drink it. They saw that he was not affected by their koyachatuma. They realized that this is not a poshut person, and they were afraid to drink it. The goyim at the debate forced them to drink it within days. Both of them were dead within a very very short time. When he came to the Alter Rebbe next, he came for Rosh Hashanah. The Alter Rebbe said to him, "How do you do something like this?" How do you take upon yourself such an achrayz? I think the Rebbe said that if I had not answered Amen in your bracha, the Rebbe answered Amen in his bracha, you would have been finished. And the Rebbe <coughs> said that he had to do tikkun for a meshech zman, for a long time for this Indian. The Rebbe was very unhappy about it. So when the story goes, he came for Rosh Hashanah, he went away after Rosh Hashanah, and he came back for Yom Kippur. Out of Yom Kippur, he was walking into Lajna, and all of a sudden, he was attacked by black birds, birds which had dive-bombed him in such a flock, in such a large number, that it was impossible for him to walk Pasha. He's trying to get into Lajna, and the birds are not letting him. Dr. Abba kept coming out of his house, going out into the street and looking around. And as he got close to him, Kippur, he called two people, and I believe one of them was the middle Abba himself, his own son. And he said, Shmuel gate on Kenish der gain. Gate them is Shmuel is going and he can't come. Go out and be Makabu Panov. So they came out to greet the Shmuel. And the Shmuel saw them, he started screaming at them, why did you come here? So they said, the Rebbe sent us. And he started to shout at them, the Rebbe sent me fools, the Rebbe sent me idiots, meaning to say, they shouldn't have listened. Now, the Pshat, the story is told just the way I'm telling it to you. Um, Pshat, it's hard to know Pshat. What does it mean? Why did Shmuel Mukat get so upset that the Rebbe sent people and so on and so on? I suspect that the Shmuel realized that the fact that the Rebbe was putting his neck out for him, could hurt the Alter Rebbe. You understand? In other words, he, he, had a, he started off with the Liyumazah, and he had to deal with the Liyumazah, and the Alter Rebbe sent people to help him. And he was very, very... Alter Rebbe told them to Makabah upon him, and he said to them, you shouldn't have listened. You should not have come. This is my issue. I should have so it says that that Yom Kippur, he was in Lajna, and he didn't dive in Alter Rebbe's base Medrash. And... Then the Friedrich Rebbe said, That was the Adal Rebbe was arrested. So our Rebbe says to the Friedrich Rebbe, What's the connection? What's the connection between this Sipur and Alter Rebbe's arrest? And the Friedrich Rebbe says, I don't know, but this is how the story is told. Always. The story was always told. The end of this story was, So what's the Pshat? But this is just, it's a story. And the, the Rabbeim were medayik whenever they told the story to connect it to Alter Rebbe's arrest. Chalamet Sukkot they came into Pet, into Lajna with a black chariot. Somebody told me it's called the Black Mary. Okay. And this chariot was notorious. It was infamous. It was a chariot that the government used to arrest criminals who were accused of crimes against the state, crimes of treason, of disloyalty. And Bechlal, if you were accused of being a spy or a traitor, Achaz you know, you start up with the government, they'll kill you. But as soon as that wagon drove into Lajna, it became rather a pachat by everybody. Or the Alter Rebbe, you didn't see any pachat. They drove up to the police station. They wanted to consult the police chief. And the police chief said to them that the Alter Rebbe is Yom Tif is now. 
And there are many, many of Chesidim here, and it's a bad idea that they should take the Alter Rebbe. Now they should wait till after Yom So they said to him that at that life, he'll run away. And he said, no, this man is not going to run. He's not a runner. So till after Simchas Teda, they did nothing. The few days that they were there, rumors started to spread. They came to arrest Alter Rebbe Isru Chag, the day after Sukkot. And as the story is told, <coughs> they came into the house and they asked for the Alter Rebbe. The Mestamah they called him was Alman Baruchovich, I'm imagining. So the Rebbe since said, he's davening. He's busy. So the, the leader of this contingent gave her a slap. Alter Rebbe's wife, Rebbe Tzinstena. And he slapped her so hard that a tooth fell out of her mouth. Now how hard do you have to hit a person? How hard do you have to hit a person? How much exodious do you have to have? Here you mean, a tooth should fall out of their mouth. It just gives you an idea. So she pointed to the Alter Rebbe's door. He opened the door. Alter Rebbe gishtan and talsin film. It was davening. Al Rebbe would tell film the whole day. Al Rebbe and the Vilna Gon and a lot of other Gedeli saw word film from sunrise to sunset. You're supposed to wear film the whole day. We don't wear film the whole day. Mitzad Gufnaki, Mitzad, Mitzad, Vestach, Mavois, Metunafes, and so forth. But daily Yisraelah meet him, going back to who knows when, where the Ken Godel would film the whole day. Shorosh, not Shayad, but he wore film. They saw the Al Rebbe in film and he's pushed out of Sheikh from Imam Fachad. And he closes the door and he says to the Rebbe, yeah, he is busy. <laughs> Tell me when to come back. So she, instead of saying an hour, she said six hours, seven hours, whatever. To give him some time. And they left. And of course, everybody knows the Vart that later on, some, one of the Alter Rebbe's relatives asked the Alter Rebbe, how come when the Goyim saw you in film, they started to tremble. So he tells him, finish right? Goy sees that the name of Hashem is upon a Yid. And he fears him. Zogdi Gemara, Eilutzilon Shabarosh. It's called the Shabarosh. So this Yid said to the Alter Rebbe, but Goyim see me in Tfilin all the time. Nobody's ever afraid. Had Alter Rebbe get enfet, it's eight in Tfilin, Sha'al Harosh, and stay Tfilin Shabirosh. If you Tfilin are on top of your head, the Goy is not afraid. But if you wear Tfilin such a even that the Tfilin are inside your head, the Goy has aim of a fachet. And parenthetically, when the Rebbe started Mifzat Tfilin, which was immediately before, two days before the Sixth Day War started, the Rebbe quoted this Gemara. And it didn't bother him that the people putting on film was kam kam al harosh, let alone not birosh. Al Rebbe said, When the Rebbe made the film campaign, he said, El film shabirosh, a goy sees a yid who puts on film, even if he's not wearing that film, he's filled with which is what happened in the Sixth Day War. Al Rebbe finished davening and he escaped. He escaped. And he went to a nearby town. And um, he met the Shmuel Munkis. The same Reb Shmuel Munkis. Who a few weeks before had the Maise with Yom Kippur. The same year. And he said to Shmuel Munkis, Shmuel, with me, come and a student. They came to arrest me. So Shmuel Munkis, Alta Rebbe, I say you should go and allow yourself to be arrested. But Alta Rebbe gives up to Abbas Sakonis Nefashis. It's Bukhach Nefesh. And now he puts a Makam Sakonis. The fact that Alter Rebbe consulted the Shmuel Munkis tells you that is given of Shmuel Munkis. Shmuel Munkis was not a pusher to person cloud. And Shmuel Munkis also understood what Alter Rebbe was asking. Well, I've told this to you before. Alter Rebbe's question was, to him was as follows. I have to be arrested. If you have escaped a chance to save yourself, you're not allowed to be arrested. How do you reconcile that? When Halacha says, someone is going to put you in danger and you could get away, you have to get away. And you know that you have to go through this in order to bring chassidus into the world. What do you do when halacha and chassidus diverge? 
was a religious Jew, an Orthodox Jew. A Frumerid is not allowed to put himself in a Makam Sakana. Going to jail was something that the Rebbe knew he needed to go through. But since he escaped and he had a way to get away, Allah was not to allow himself to be arrested. So he consulted the Chassid. Since Api Allah, I'm not allowed to do this because it's Bekuach Nefesh. And Api Chassidus, I must do this. So what should I do? So Shmuelka says, go. So the Rabbi tells him, it's Api Allah, it's for Bekuach Nefesh. So Shmuelka told him, for you it's not Api Bekuach Nefesh. And if he to- this, the way the story is told, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story is told that the Mendel Vitevsky was once trained. He told Al Rebbe's story. Mendel Vitevsky was not Al Rebbe's Rebbe's. Was traveling once, and he told the Balagol to go very fast. And they went down a hill, and they were going so fast that they couldn't turn, and they ran straight into the front, ho- front door of a person's estate. And the guy came out with a revolver, and he wanted to shoot him. He, he, he trespassed, destroyed his fence and his front window. So the Balagol turns around and he points at the Mendel it's his fault. So the guy pointed the revolver at Mendel and he pulled the trigger, and the, the bullets didn't fly out of the gun. And Shine. So later on, the Mendel Vitev said, I don't understand. A guy points a gun at you, so you pointed at me. <laughs> so he tells him, Hezekhine Avenue. He says, someone tells me to go down a hill fast. I don't listen to him. I only listen to him because it was you. So you're, if bisto a Rebbe, if you're a Rebbe, so no bullet could hurt you. And if you're not a Rebbe, you deserve it. Why, why should I suffer? Because I listen to you. So is, the way the story is told, and Shmuel is told this story to the Alter Rebbe, and he was Messiah, if you're a Rebbe, no bullet could hurt you. In other words, it's apinigle, not a sakona. For you, like the Gemara about uh, about Nachumish uh, Gamzu, the Gemara tells the story. No, he was living in a chorva. He says, "Empty the house and then carry out my bed." And as soon as they carried out his bed, the house collapsed. For Nachumish Gamzu, was not hyper from from safety. And and if you're not an Rebbe, he told him you deserve a bullet. Alteba went back and he allowed himself to be arrested. What he did was he was mafarsim that he's in the city, and they came and they arrested him. Another, you know, I heard from Rabbi Asher Salavich on the tape. Rabbi Asher Salavich was was a, was was Eden who was the greatest of Talmidim of Milan, and he said that in his mishpacha there was a Masayda. and the Masayda goes like this: that when they came to arrest Alter Rebbe, he left Liajnin, went to a nearby town. The name of the town was Chaslavich. Chaslavich was a town of Chasidim, and Alter Rebbe knew that the Russian agents are going to come look for him. So we had to hide in a place where the Russian agents would not come to look. The Rav of Chaslavet was a very big misnagid. And the government knew that a misnagid would give him up right away. So the al came to the misnagid's house and he hid in the Rav's house. And the Rav hid him. They came to Chaslavet. This is what he told. And they went from house to house looking for the Al-Tareb. They didn't think to go to the Rav's house because they knew the Rav was a big misnagid in Al-Tareb. And they didn't find him. So the Chassidim of Chaslavet made a takonah as a result of this, that they would always have a Masnagid Sharov. To honor the fact that the Masnagid protected Al Rebbe, his father, Rabbi Ashbeh's father, was a big Masnagid, Ramesh Salavajik, he was Rabbachat. They always had a Masnagid Sharov in the merit of the fact. This, I, this is the story he told, I heard from him, uh, that they always, that, they, that he protected the Al Rebbe. Okay, with Mamshallah and Anandir you have to go down.